What's up, my zombies and vampire deviants? I am Princess Weeks. <laughs> and I'm Tessa Netting. And before we get started with the pod, we have a little favor to ask you. Do you love us? You better. And if you do, let us know, please, in a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, because we want to hear from you. So let us know what you want us to cover, your favorite segments, or you can just give us nice compliments. That's always nice. My love language is words of affirmation, so... Please say nice things to us all the time. That would be very nice. It'd be very sweet. You can also say nice things about us on Spotify or just, you know, tweet at us. Tell us how much you love us. Because you are listening to The Geek Podcast, your one-stop shop for fandom combos, pop culture, media, all the things that you love, including us. Yes. That you love, that we love, that we all love. And each week we are going to be skimming the surface of what's popular in geek culture, then taking a deep dive into the lore of Netflix worlds bigger than our own. Today we are delving into the world of lock and key. All the locks, all the keys, all the keyholes. There's just so much mythos and information about this series, which is ending. This is the third and final season of Lock and Key. A lot of keys. Got a lot of keys. A lot of stuff to talk about. And as a special little treat, we're going to be interviewing Connor Dressup, who plays Tyler Locke. So you don't want to miss it. But first, my love, Tessa, what's got you geeked? What's got me geeked this week is that I am attempting to be on vacation at this moment, going, spending some time with my husband and his family, and Mm. then my dad's side of the family, and yeah, trying to not be a workaholic and relax and read some Akatar and not... uh, pay attention to things but I don't know if, if it's gonna work out this whole time like I'm I'm a little already stressed about it so I don't know <laughs> trying I get that vacation can be hard when it's like okay I have to be like on vacation but also a good daughter-in-law and you're just like uh <laughs> participation <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Also, I'm just not good at relaxing, so. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) It's like someone get this girl an edible so she can actually relax. (laughs) How about you, princess? I mean, I'll get you an edible. I mean, uh, all right, so let's go. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Love you. Uh, So I got to go to Gen Con which was my first time at Gen Con. It was an awesome opportunity. Uh, Two of my friends, Sydney, a.k.a. Tappy Toe Claws, and Olivia Gooberthix, they allowed me to stay in their hotel room, and they cosplayed for Ultra Pro, which just sort of, like, makes um, accessories for, like, cards, like, um, dual sleeves and that kind of stuff. And they were amazing. I decided that I am going to become a cosplayer. That's going to be my next yes. my next career spin. I'm very excited. Pumped. But yeah, it was just... I thank you. It's just like I love tabletop RPGs. Like I love collecting them even more than I like playing them. I just love just seeing like all these people creatively putting these these worlds together. So I bought literally a whole second luggage worth of 
indie and mainstream tabletop RPG games. I got like some new barred dice from this one site. This one place called um, Beetle and the Grim. They make dice for like each class that you can be in D&D so that it's already set up to like fit how you would do your attacks. So I'm just like, hell yeah, super barred powers. And it was just a really fun experience to be around so many nerdy um, creators. And I like being able to just know that I'm giving money directly to people who are making stuff that I really enjoy. So that was really fun. I love that. And I've been playing a lot of Pokemon this week. So that's been just just a lovely experience for me. And I went to Costco for the first time. And that was also pretty fun. For the first time? For the first time. No, I was a BJ wholesale clerk. So like this was like a whole new world. And my friends took me and I was just like, whoa. Love this for me. So <laughs> I think I think I'm converted from BJ's to Costco. We'll see. We'll it's see. very overwhelming the first time that you go. It's very much like Ikea when you go yeah. in and you're like, there's too many things here. I'm lost. <laughs> yeah. It's like a domestic brain flipped in my brain where it's like, okay, well, now I have to think about what I'm gonna bring home to to the house. So it was like, I was like, well, they had all this stuff for sale. Like I got a whole like small box of skinny pop popcorn and I was just like, well, this is an investment. If you start going to Costco, one of the best things that you can get there is around Thanksgiving, they have the best, biggest pies. So mm, if you like I pumpkin pie, apple pie, I do. Costco baby, it's got you. You know what's so funny? You may not know this about me, Tessa. I'm actually a pretty good baker. Like, not, <gasps> not like, not British Bake Off levels. Please, God, no. But I have made, I have made many a pie in my life. So Princess is like, how dare you insult me? And <laughs> I don't talk need to buy a Costco, Costco pie. Pies. But I, I probably <laughs> would just buy it. But I, I, I actually have been for this Thanksgiving. I actually want to make a sweet potato pie by myself. So that's going to be uh, my new adventure. Because I like baking and I have like a little, one of those big ones. Um, I forget what they're called because my brain is Swiss cheese right now. But the point is that I can bake and I plan on making something really fun for Thanksgiving. But if I mess it up, now I know to go to Costco (laughs) and get a pie. If you need a backup, then you can just grab one real quick. But that's amazing. I wish I could bake. Cannot. I need the box directions. You know what? You have so many other skills that if you could bake, it would just literally be unfair. Like you're already well, thank you. you're already you're already too perfect that if you could bake, it would just be like too much. Now you're an OP. Tell that to my husband. You hear that, Joe? Joe, (laughs) listen to me. (laughs) You better better just be grateful she doesn't keep leveling up because she's already (laughs) so powerful. (laughs) It's it's so true. Women are too powerful already. So it's like you need to take something away. (laughs) He can bake. Let him do it. He's a potions teacher, isn't he? He knows how to do this shit. (laughs) <laughs> Honestly, that's one reason why I'm not very good at baking is because I am not very good at science. I always mm. hated science so much. Like chemistry, absolutely not. Could not do it. That is so funny because I did realize that like whenever they have like a female doctor character on a show, like especially like an urban fantasy show, they usually bake. Like that's usually what they do to like yeah. calm down. And I'm just sitting here like, oh, 
Okay. <laughs> oh. Just the realization. Oh. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. But yeah, I... I'm glad that we're both trying to relax and live our best lives. Good for us. Trying. Just we're trying. trying so hard. Good good for us. We can do it. I believe in us. Absolutely. All right. We're going to talk about lock and key. So Tessa, before I start unlocking all this information, <laughs> lock, what was your background with lock and key? Did you know anything about it? What did you know about it if you did? What is your knowledge of this franchise? So I do not have a lot of knowledge about this, unfortunately. So I know sort of like the first season, I watched a couple episodes of the first season, and then I watched like basically reviews of what happened for the first season, second season. And then I didn't, unfortunately, did not have enough time to watch the third season. But I'm not a spoiler person, so uh, you may <laughs> spoil away. I've always been like that. If I ever find something out, I it doesn't affect me at all. Like, seriously, if I would have known about Luke Skywalker, like any of those secrets, like the biggest secrets that you could think of, it would not affect my viewing of the actual thing because I just see that as two different things. It's like, you know something, but then when you see how it's implemented, it's like, it's still different. And also, I have a horrible memory, so I would just forget anyway. (laughs) All right. Well, then I have a lot to work with. All right. You're going to teach me, so I'm ready to learn. So first of all, do you know who is the creator of the comic book, Lock and Key? I don't think so. I do know it was a comic, but I don't know who is the creator. Then we will start from there. Okay. So the creator of Lock and Key is Joe Hill, a.k.a. the son of Stephen King. What? Yeah. He's a pretty prolific horror author in his own right. He writes a whole bunch of different things, but this was the comic series that he worked on with IDW. It was illustrated by Gabriel Rodriguez, and it ran from 2008 to 2013. And Mm -hmm. basically, in a lot of ways, the... The concept is very similar. So their dad dies, and then they end up moving to their family's ancestral home, Key House. It's been in their family for hundreds of years. And when they get there, Bodie, being a small child, looks around in places where he shouldn't and ends up accidentally releasing this great evil who we come to be known, named as Dodge, who was a demon who was trying to collect all the keys for I loved her, nefarious reasons. Yes, uh, that character is great. And from there on out, the series and the comics really go in different directions, mm-hmm. especially in terms of how the villain stuff shakes up. But that is the comics. All right, Tessa, now that we have gotten that information out of the way, I am so, so excited for us to introduce our interview with Connor Jessup. So soulful, so sweet, gave such the most thoughtful answers. He is someone who truly loves film and media, so it was an absolute treat to speak with him. And after you've gotten your keyholes all primed and ready, we are going to come back and talk more about Lock and Key with y'all. So let's get into it. Connor's been through a lot. Like, your character, Tyler, has been through a lot. So for you, with all of these emotional journeys you've been going through with the character, what do you think has kind of been the most fun thing about playing him and the hardest? It's interesting. I mean, I think that 
sometimes the thing that's the most fun is all is the same thing that's the, that's the hardest. Maybe that's true about a lot of things in yeah. in life, but the show is as much fun to make as I hope it is to watch. And sometimes that's not the case. I mean, sometimes sometimes things that are fun to watch are not fun to make. But it was made with such warmth and, and mm-hmm. um, <laughs> care and also just a lack of drama. Everyone's really lovely. The reason I got into acting when I was a kid mm. was because of shows and movies like this. I mean, you know, the idea of fighting monsters and playing with magic and to get to the question. I mean, I think yeah. the thing that was maybe hardest is I'd done a lot of stuff before this that was like a string of things before this that were like more um, dramatic, I guess, or more um, serious or gritty or whatever yeah. adjective you want to use. And it took me a moment in this to, obviously you have to take it seriously and you have to take your job seriously, but to relax into it, <laughs> to allow myself to have fun. Yeah, uh, yeah. And over the course of the three years, I think I really got better mm-hmm. at that. So by the time the show finished, we were having so much fun. And even when the stakes are high and the characters are going through whatever horrible things happening to them, I was able to have a lot of fun. Like I was able to synchronize with the tone of the show. And that was really hard, yeah. but really, really satisfying. And it looks like a lot of fun to to do and play. And I totally get what you mean about getting to play all those magical elements, which speaking of, so at the end of the series, you know, the family decides to get rid of the keys, which I thought was just like <gasps> my heart. I was just wondering, like, if you had been in that situation, would you have chosen to give up magic or would you have tried to find a way around it? <laughs> I feel like if I had been in that situation after all the things that they had been through, I probably would have made the same choice. I think they'd been through so many ups and downs with magic. And I mean, it was fun and it, there were moments of joy with it. But it always ended up being a curse and danger was never far away. And it drove them apart a little bit. I mean, it brought them together, but it was one of these things that I think they came to realize was never meant to define them, you know, <laughs> that they that they can be okay as a family and that they can move fr- from the the loss and the pain that they've been through without it. You know, they don't need the crutch of it. And I think that is the right choice. And I, I, I like to think that is the choice I would have made. I mean, I, I, I think we all have Bodie is the one who um, yeah. is like, really guys, we're going to give it up. And uh, I think we all have a little bit of that in us Absolutely. Too. Just, it was, it was one of those moments where I was watching it and I was like, this is the right choice, but it hurts so bad because <laughs> I wanted to ha- keep having fun. Speaking of the keys, uh, this is a question that I know my co-host, if she was here, would love to ask, but if you could, pick any of the magical keys to have as your own in the series, which one would you pick? Well, so I used to say, I used to waffle, and I, but I, I usually used to land on the mm-hmm. Anywhere key because it's just the most deeply useful, convenient one. Absolutely. <laughs> the idea of being able to step through my laundry room door and, uh, and be in Japan or Rome or, or even just down the street. It sounds wonderful. But in, the, in this new season, we introduce a new key that's called the creation key mm-hmm. that is like a pencil. Uh, and if you, whatever you draw, or it turns write, into it. Yeah. Tur- becomes real. Yeah. And that, I think, is the coolest key. I mean, I can't draw, but uh, if I could draw, that would be the key I would choose because that feels like it has pretty infinite possibility. 
Absolutely. And as like an, an anime nerd myself, I was just like, there's so many, I'd just be with tracing and like, all right, we're going to bring you to life. <laughs> well, I mean, Bo- I mean, we only have the key for a few episodes in the show, but yeah. Bodhi draws a big impossible machine with a claw. And, oh like, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. 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 So it's like, if we had a couple more seasons, I'm sure we could think of some, uh, some fun things. Absolutely. And you yourself are just such an interesting person because you're also a director and you worked on that incredible profile of a Thai filmmaker. And I just wanted to know, as someone who has done so much acting, what was it like switching into the director's chair and working on something like that versus that you've done in the past? I've, I mean, I, I got into acting when I was really young. Um, yeah. And, and as I was starting to understand what that job was and starting to work a little bit, it kind of was in parallel to falling in love with movies, like really falling in love with movies. So I had mm-hmm. this amazing opportunity when I was a teenager of falling in love with movies, like a lot of people do. But then my job was going and working on sets and, and yeah. learning about cameras and composition and blocking and all, you know. So I, I, it was this wonderful education. And so since I was 15 or 16, I've always had this dual interest in since I was maybe 19 or 20, I've kind of had this pattern of when I'm acting, I'm acting. And then in between jobs, I focus on my own projects. And I find that that's really, A, it's refreshing because you can change. And yeah. B, it, it it's really stimulating to to go from something. I mean, acting is a very myopic job in a way. You're focused on your little part in something. And mm-hmm. you know the, the show's getting made in, by a thousand people. And a lot of choices are beyond you, you know? Yeah. Um, and there's something liberating in that, in how localized that is. Of course. But yeah. then, but then you go and you do your own things and you're in charge of everything and you have to think on this much, much grander scale and you mm-hmm. have to have a, a more schematic approach. And that going back and forth between that is, um, I think, good for me. And, and I hope to continue to get to do that because I, I feel like it improves me as an actor, mm-hmm. like working as a making movies makes my acting better and um, acting makes my um, my directing better. Absolutely. And one of the things I love about when I was reading about you is like, so you love like East Asian culture and like Japanese culture, like, and we are a geek podcast. So what, what are the things about that A, drew you into it? And what are the things that you love and get geeked about now? Sort of my entry point to falling in love with movies uh, when I was like 14 or 15, or one of one of the entry points was Japanese cinema. You know, like mm-hmm. I started watching Kurosawa and Naruse and Ozu and all those people. And I don't, it's, I mean, it's kind of hard to explain, I guess, why I, I can kind of come up with fake reasons why you're attracted to one thing and not yeah. another thing. You know, it's like we all feel that way. It's like, why do you, why does one, a city or a, a movie or a piece of music or whatever resonate with you and another one doesn't? It's sort of pointless to try. And, yeah. But for whatever reason, I did feel really drawn to that, I guess, the culture broadly, but more specifically to a, a, a sort of, I mean, you can't put an entire cultural cultural output into a box, obviously, but of course. there was definitely a type of narrative rhythm that I hadn't encountered uh, as someone who grew up watching, you know, the movies that we all grew up watching in, in North America. Yeah. Uh, there was a different expectation in terms of um, speed and in terms of uh, emotional payoff and mm-hmm. different things were, were paid attention to and different things were found beautiful. And I found that kind of liberating and it opened a lot of uh, windows and doors for me in, inside myself. And then that kind of led to a broader fascination with Japan and, and with its filmmakers and with anime and with yeah. a lot of things I became very obsessed with as a teenager. And I, I've become maybe slightly less obsessive as I gotten a little bit older, but I still yes. have that that like nugget in me and i mean i 
been to Japan so many times now, and it's my favorite place, and I have so many friends there. And I mean, obviously, I don't claim to be any sort of expert or um, insider, but as a as an outsider, I, I, I get a lot of um, pleasure and, and uh, comfort um, from from being there. Absolutely, and I think that's so beautiful to have that appreciation, and I think it shows in your work because I think like. Most people, when they make their first film or documentary, it tends to be something very almost personal to them. And you mm. doing it on another, like on a Thai filmmaker, it just kind of showed like it's not just that sort of like superficial enjoyment, but it's really an observation of like what makes these kind of filmmakers different. Um, and I think that's really interesting. Yeah, I think, you know, we're all looking for something that surprises us, I guess, you know, or we're looking for something that changes the way that we think about the world or about ourselves or about movies or, you know, whatever. And that was the, I mean, it probably was a coincidence as much as anything, but those were the things that I encountered and that really had a profound, profound impact on me. I love that. You have such thoughtful responses, which I knew coming into it, but it just, it feels nice to hear someone love film you know like it's it's such a such a fun thing well i often say i can't really talk about anything else i mean if you were to ask me about almost any other topic i would be uh i would be useless so (laughs) no it's beautiful i would as a a nerdy question i guess i would ask it like if you could voice any like do a dub for an anime character who would you want to play that's a hard question to answer i mean uh, I mean, I one of my favorite shows, maybe two very different answers. One of my favorite shows growing up, at, like seen it maybe 30 times, is um, Full Metal Alchemist. Of course. One of the best. <laughs> uh, yeah, of course, obviously. And I've always loved Al. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think baby. he's such a sweet and tender. <laughs> and I'm, I'm too old and it's not, not right. But if I was right, I think he's like, a, he's such a gentle and loving uh, energy. It would be fun to try and find that. That's awesome. Yeah. And I just want to say thank you so much for this interview. It was really fun getting to pick your brain. Thank you. I really, really, really appreciate it. You're super thoughtful. And I can't wait to see what you do next because you're so talented and interesting. And I know you're going to keep doing really interesting stuff. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. What's interesting is that I had first heard about Lock and Key back in 2011 because they originally filmed an entirely different pilot. Like, they had an entire pilot filmed, and then Fox ordered not to order it to series. Like, this is back when Fox had no idea how to, like, actually support a sci-fi show. In that one, it was Miranda Otto was playing the mom, which, like... Iconic casting. That would have been fantastic. Jesse McCartney was going what? to play Tyler. Yes. Absolutely not. Could never. <laughs> no. That No. Uh, do you know that I met him once? We were both like uh, waiting in the lobby for a voiceover audition. And I was looking at, oh my gosh, I was looking at the, the name because you have to sign in. And then I just saw on the sign-in list Jesse McCartney. And I was like, no way. And then I just like look around because I was like, I need to see this guy. And he's just sitting there. And I was like, bitch, I used to love that song. Is like, whatever. 
a beautiful soul. And I was like, do I sing it next to him? And I didn't. But I was like, uh, he would not work for this. I'm glad that he was not. I don't want to hate Jesse McCartney. This is no Jesse McCartney hate, but like, but there is right not. now. But there is for this one character. Could not. Kinsey was going to be played by one of my favorite actresses, Sarah Bolger. I first knew her from The Tudors. And she's been mm. in other stuff right now. I think she's on FX's Mayans. And then this kid named Skylar Gertner was going to play Bodie. Kinsia Solo from Lost Girl was going to be playing Dodge. Oh. And then the father, Rendell, was going to be played by Supernatural alum Mark Pellegrino. Oh, no. Oh, I love him. <laughs> I, damn. You're Talk like, about say a daddy. <laughs> say, just for that, but I mean, I don't know. The Jesse McCartney of it all would have been too much for me. Well, so. <laughs> Well, the pilot got really good reviews from a lot of different places. People were really into it, but just never got picked up. And then we hop in a skip to our Netflix series, which started in 2020, which feels very weird that it's that was two years ago and we're on a third season of television. <laughs> that is wild. I did not realize that it that it was 2020. I thought, oh, wow. So 2020, we got this adaptation. The one thing I can say as someone who read the comics for this podcast is that the tone of the series is a lot lighter. Right. Yeah. Because I heard they were dark. Like, they're horror, right? They're very horror. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's definitely more of a coming-of-age fantasy series than a horror-haunting cthulhuan type show, which it is right. in the comics. Then it is in the comics. I think it was trying to be, like, another kind of Stranger Things mm. in that kind of vibe of keeping up to it. But people have enjoyed the show for what it is. And yeah. I think for what it is, it's still a very fun YA-type fantasy series. It's just not the horror fantasy series it was in the comics. Honestly, though, I don't think if it was a horror series, like, it, I feel like it wouldn't have been as good because especially for this type of show with, the, like, with these characters, with the family, with the children, it's like... That's what why we had Haunting of Hill House. Like, Haunting of Hill House and, like, those type of Mike Flanagan shows, like, that is, like, the horror family show. It's like, th mm -hmm. we don't need, like, another horror family show. So I kind of liked that they went more, like, Chronicles of Narnia type, like, situation yeah. with this. Because to me, I'm like, oh, okay, so this is this sort of, like, fantasy element of supernatural house. Like, we don't know what's going on here. Let's explore the magical side of it. Like, to me, I'm like, hell yeah, that's fun. Absolutely. I think that Lock and Key kind of got stuck in this weird period where, like, it was, like, this very good fantasy horror series, but people did, but people don't know how to do stuff that's, like, it involves kids but is not for kids, you know? Uh, it's, like, you know, right. so it's a horror series that very much is about these teenagers and their young brother, but it's, like, child horror, you know? Like, evil, like, yeah. like, like, Bodie, I guess— I don't want to spoil it totally, but like Bodhi getting possessed. Spoil. Well, like Bodhi gets possessed in both the third season of Lock and Key and in the comics. But in the comics, mm -hmm. like he stays in that body until like the end. And part of defeating the big evil is by seeming to kill Bodhi. And it's like, 
that is very grim and dark and not the tone of this show. And I think it didn't right. help that, like, at the same time Lock and Key was, like, blowing up and would have been a thing, you also had, like, The Magicians, which was kind of, like, mm. the dark Narnia dark, you know, supernatural fantasy show. And then you had Stranger Things, which is like this teen family, found family show. So I think Lock and Key was trying to find its groove in between that. So for Mm -hmm. those people who want to know what happened in these seasons, so season one was largely about the family moving into Key House and discover all the hidden magical keys. So Princess, real quick, I got to ask you. Okay. So if you... Because I, this is, like, what, what happens in my brain when, like, I'm watching these shows. So if you, like, had this big, big old magical, like, ancestral home that you mm. suddenly was given to you, gifted to you, you're like, you can move in. Would you move in or would you not move in? Oh, man. Well, see, the black in me is telling me it's torn between no, it's probably haunted, and it's a free house. You know, I think, boom, flip it. You know, no. call it IGTV. You got to be careful, princess. You got to be careful because when you disrupt the house, that's when the shit starts going down. When you start changing up a house and renovating, that's actually what makes ghosts, like, matter than anything is when you do that. That's true. If it was, you know, if it was a really nice house and it could ghostly give me central air, then you know what I would say. <laughs> you know, I can, I feel like I, I think about me as a New York City apartment renter, the things that I sacrifice for <laughs> comfort. And I think to myself, like, could I, if I had a comfortable home and had my own library. But it's in the middle of Massachusetts. Is that cool? In the middle of nowhere? Yeah, so, this, it, that's what I mean. Because they know were what? mad. I, They're like, why are we moving here? I you think, know? you know what? I think I'm selling the house. I think, I think <laughs> I'd be like this, you know, I would boom flip it. I'm like, you know, I'm going to go talk to like all my religious leaders and be like, okay, I want to sell this haunted house. How do I make sure that the curse stays on the grounds and doesn't follow me? That, see, that to me is the smartest move. Like when I, I'm like, these people are moving into this house because if I moved into this house and I just like spent one night and one weird thing happened, absolutely not. No, 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 no. Like I I cannot. I also see these people on TikTok. There are these families that move into these haunted houses and they're like filming things happening to them. Like the ghosts are just like interacting and they're just like, well, this is our house. We bought it. I'm like, where are, like, the priests? You're, like, you're not doing right. anything else? Like, you're just going to live with this? Like, no. You got to at least make an effort not. to— You got to make an effort to at least banish the demons. See, because, like, ghosts have, like, spoken to me. Like, they talk to me. It is mm-hmm. not fun. So I don't want to deal—like, they will try to communicate. And, like, I'm I'm basically like Klaus. Like, I, mm-hmm. I do not want to respond. Like, I, I don't, I don't want to be a part of it. Let me be honest with you. And I mean this with all due affection. You do have the energy of a, of a girl who would get possessed by a demon. 100%. Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, they, a demon they, would possess me. No or just question. haunt you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. It would just follow me home. Literally, I remember first first time I went on the haunted mansion when it's like a ghost will follow you home. One hundred percent believed it, and I was like, "Of course, it's gonna follow me home. It makes sense because it can sense my energy." Yeah. Yep. So that's why I'm like, this house would sense my energy immediately, and things would go wrong. But I do think that like that was interesting about it, and all the keys were like 
overall very interesting. I totally. Th- I think the only thing that I felt was sort of like the first season kind of drags because it's trying to do all the like Narnia exposition of like, well, let's go to Tata's different key and this different key. It's like, oh, I too- like that. I, I knew you did. You're like, I like fun adventures. That. I that's I like that with like Supernatural too. Like the first season is so monster of the week and that's why I love it so much. And this is the same thing. It's like, what key is this episode? What key is this? Like, let's figure out. I love that shit. When we start getting, that's why I love Harry Potter. When we start getting into the bigger plots, the bigger things, the big bads, I'm like, oh, I just want to play. I don't want to do this. <laughs> what are these stakes? I, I didn't ask for I this. <laughs> I don't want stakes. I just want to find different keys and see what happens. But yes, I understand it drags for you. It, it can Just drag. a little bit. But then, you know, they have the big bad. They have Dodge, who is awesome. Did you miss me? And then in season two is definitely where the most changes happen because that character of like Gideon, that demon, who's also like a revolutionary war redcoat. Yes. Captain Frederick Gideon of the Crown's 23rd Infantry. Not a thing in the comics. So it was interesting. No yeah. Really? Yeah. That's so wild to me because that's such a big part. Like, where did that come from? So basically in the comics, during the Revolutionary War is when the magic sort of opens. Mm. Like, it's when Benjamin Locke, who is the, like, the one who created all the keys, creates all this stuff. So, like, that is where that kind of comes from, like, taking that thread and turning it into, like, a more long-form villain. But, yeah, I was definitely surprised because, like, I was like, oh, this is, like, a really huge character. And I read the comic over and over again. It's, like, it kind of is taking a little bit of elements from the Mm -hmm. comics, but that particular character doesn't exist. Interesting. In the comics. But... It's still really badass, and he was really interesting. I think that part of the show felt very supernaturally to me. Like, the idea of, like, this this overarching big bad and, like, the kids trying to figure out each other, like, what's going on, how to make things work. I think, overall, what surprised me about the show is that it feels very, like— it feels like a CW show. And, I, and like, not in a bad way, but in, like, no, it no, no. is. Like, it's, it's very shows. much aiming for that audience. Like, it's very teen-focused. Right. It's got this, it's got the same sort of, like, Riverdale way it films stuff. Like, it's all very, like, either very bright or very gray. Right. It's very YA. And I think this would be fun for, like, teenagers. And I wonder mm-hmm. if that's why its audience, like, sometimes would be, like, kind of mixed. Because I'm, like, I would be getting ready to expect something a little bit darker and they would soften it up. And it's not bad, but it is just different. But yeah, and I think the third season was a very interesting mix of building the mythos of the series, giving in some ways the same ending as the comics, but also just being more true to its younger audience. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to get into it. So spoiler alert. So in the show, in the third season, Tyler leaves uh, because he's turning 18. He chose not to get his memories back. But then their mom, she gets the memory key. So now she remembers how magic works and she's reconnected with everybody while um, their uncle is getting married. Everything kind of kicks off in the third episode because Bodhi doesn't listen and he never listens. He, I, he was giving me such agita. I was just, I was just sitting here like this little boy. I felt like I was like playing God of War, and I was like, "Boy, stop!" I just was like boying him 
eternally. It's so also, frustrating. Also, why isn't he at school? What is he what, doing? What is he, except to get bullied? That's all he ever does at school, <laughs> is get picked on. I'm like, sir. You know a lot of stuff about me, but I don't know anything about you. <laughs> I know. It was, was too much. like, this kid. <laughs> this poor baby. And then he takes a key, goes back in time, and does the most amateur thing, because he's a kid. He's like, he goes back in time to like a very key moment, and he's like, I'm from the future. I know what's going to happen. You're going to get defeated. I'm like, shut up. No, shut up. River song spoilers. Like, this is the first rule of time travel. <laughs> don't blab. Uh, don't mess with the timeline. Don't mess the timeline. And he accidentally brings the Dodge, the villain, back into their timeline and then accidentally loses his body. Gets it, And like he gets his body gets possessed by Dodge. And so Dodge for like lucked out. Dodge looked out that she had Bodhi. I got to say, because this kid <laughs> tripped up so many times and it just like made it Bruh. so easy for her that she like when when she, he first interacted with her, she was like, oh, hell yeah, this yeah. is going to be She's easy. like, this is easy. <laughs> like, like that Birdman gift. I'm just like, I just thought to myself, like, I hope that whatever child I have knows if you see a strange lady in a well naked, call me. Call me yeah, before you do right. before you do anything else, before you get, like you like just look, come to me with that. This first. is why there's no communication in this family. You yeah. should know to talk to your mother. What are you doing talking to random women in wells? Random ridiculous, foolish. So frustrating. And so, like, for like the next couple of episodes, everyone's like, why is Bodie being such a dickhead? And every, and just, just being so aggressive. And then every and then eventually everyone kind of figures out, wait, are we sure this is and then they figure it out? And it was just kind of like it was just so like watching this little kid just be like an absolute asshole. And I'm just sitting here watching this like <laughs> I bet the kid I love evil loved children. it, though. Oh I do, too. I do, too. I'm like, this was, this actor, this kid, this was, like, his favorite thing. Like, he gets to be this little, like, little prick. He's living. He's living his best life. I love it. But essentially, <laughs> it just kind of has a very stock fantasy series happy mm. ending. Like, the kids figure out how to defeat the villain also means letting go of the magic of the house and getting rid of all the keys. So they go Ugh. back in time to see, like, their dad one more time and have, like, a meal with him. And that was really moving. And then mm-hmm. they just kind of move forward with their lives and kind of give up magic. And I was just like... What? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. I hate like, that. <laughs> well, it was, it was funny because it's, like, it's so without the trauma... Yeah. That they've all gone. Like, you know, it's like, it's like, but it's our, we figured it out. It's like, it was really, again, for the audience I know is going for, I right, think it's a very right. sweet, yeah, good ending. But I just remember thinking to myself, like, man, so many people you know have died or like got harmed. But you know what? As long as you guys are happy, as long as the core family is good. The family's together, no more magic. I don't like this, like, oh, magic is now evil. It's like, come on, guys. It's like, it's, it's, it's like they're like, basically, they treat the keys like they're horcruxes. Like, they make people right. do bad things. And I'm like, so? No, <laughs> no, it's their decisions with the keys. They're making the wrong decisions. Like, come on. I just feel like I don't see any reason why we couldn't keep the anywhere key. Like, right. sorry. That's what I mean. Like, okay, I understand, like, some of the keys that are bad. It's like, okay, the bad keys, guys, let's, like, not use those. But, like, maybe just take one. 
Like, maybe someone takes one or something. Like, and then they had to keep the, they should have kept the memory key or whatever. And it's like, you know. So it's like, because once you turn 18, there has to be someone that can remember all this. Exactly. It's like, like it. it's like keep the memory key, keep the identity key, and keep the anywhere key. Because like in this economy, we trying to travel right. first class, door to door service. Like, sorry, I know. But, and Bodie's the only one. Like, but why would we do this? And everyone, <laughs> and all the adults are like, because it's too dangerous. I'm like, for you, <laughs> yeah. for you. <laughs> Give Bodie the keys. Bodie should have stayed in that house by himself with the keys. You know, no, like you'd be like. <laughs> Fuck this family. I'm going to stay here. I'm having these keys. This is my house now. Like, get out. He should have stayed. Makes sense, I suppose. Okay, so I thought of some questions uh, surrounding some of these keys because the keys were my favorite part of the show. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just going to go through some of these. Uh, The first one that I thought of is if you had the anywhere key and that's uh the key that allows a person to travel any place in the world they just have to have seen like the door or mm-hmm. whatever like they can't go to some place they've never been or go to a place where like they they don't know the door to walk through like mm-hmm. where would you want to go Tokyo. Or what would you use it for? Tokyo? Tokyo. Yes. I'm doing international oh travel only. Like, and they're not even letting you into Japan right now. So I just that be like, I have my little, I'm like, I will find a Sailor Moon museum. I'll look, I'll just envision a Pokemon Center door, like the Pokemon Center museum that they have there. And I'll just be like, what's good? What I wanted to know is like, with this anywhere key, it did you have to have personally like seen the door or like been in a place, or could you just like look it up online and you like can look if it up you online. find right, right? Because yeah. it's like if you find a specific door and it's like okay, this is where I want to go. Like that is a game changer because yeah. then you can travel the world. Also. If you have to go to work and you don't want to sit in L.A. traffic. I could see you, you whenever can, we can see each other whenever we want. That's what I'm saying. You could visit your friends. You could visit your family that you don't get to see as much. You could be like, I'm just going to use this and go through a door and, you know, have dinner with my mom. Or I'm going to do this. And it's so helpful. Exactly. And you know what else? Zero carbon footprint. No fossil oh. fuels. No coal. All right. We are. This is environmentally friendly. Yeah, you thought Elon Musk was trying to change the world. Absolutely not. This is 10 times better. Got nothing on these keys. Got nothing on the keys. Sorry, honey. Can't, Can't compete with the lock keys. And the next question that I have, so with the head key, and the head key was one of my favorites. Oh my God, this key was wild. I Mm -hmm. loved this key. So this one like creates an entryway into someone's minds that like it allows you to like view their memories. You could like even maybe alter them. You could also kind of like see like see the entryway into their mind and everyone's entryway is a little different. And also you could like put things into the, into your, like you could go into your own mind and like bring things and put it and then you know things. I'm like, ah, this is the, like as a Ravenclaw, this is like my dream key. Like this key is so wild. So my question to you is first of all, what would your mind palace 
key, like entryway into mm-hmm. your mind, like what would it look like? Because everyone's looked a little different. So what would yours look like? Mine would definitely be like a Sailor Moon door. Like it'd probably be like the, like the <gasps> thing would be like the little Sailor Moon thing. Definitely like have all the little statues. Like Sailor Moon just happens to be a very huge part of my personality. So I think that is definitely like the ultimate doorway to my mind. What about you? Oh my gosh, I love that. I would definitely explore your mind. Oh my God, thank you. My entryway... So my brain is pretty chaotic. It's kind of a mess. It's almost like that SpongeBob episode where they're like running around his brain and they're like, what's the name? What's the name? And he like can't find it anywhere. Like that's I feel like that's me whenever I'm trying to think of anything. So it would definitely be more chaotic. I almost feel like it would be like the room of requirement in Harry Potter where it would it would change and mm. it would be annoying because I wouldn't know where like everything is. And so I would have to like figure out and find the different mm-hmm. things. But it would still like I would be able to do so, but it would just take me a second to take in my new surroundings. And also it would like change to whatever like my hyperfixation mm-hmm. was at the moment. So it's like if I was like getting back into Harry Potter, reading yeah. it recently, it would be like more Hogwartsy. If I was, you know, like watching Stranger Things, it would like be themed with like all of the Christmas lights and like it would look like that. So I think it would be ever changing mm-hmm. and uh, definitely be an organizational nightmare, but very chaotic and fun. <laughs> Next question that I have here, (laughs) getting back on track. Uh, If you could use the identity key to change your appearance, like, would you change something about yourself or would you want to, like, change it to, like, look like someone? Like, for me, I just want to be taller. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to see, like, what it's like to be tall. I want to see, I want to, like, be able to change my Mm -hmm. hair any color. I want to be able to, like, try out different tattoo Mm -hmm. placements on my body, see how it looks, erase them immediately. Like, I want to, like, I just want to, I want to be a customizable Sim or Barbie doll that I can just change everything all the time. Absolutely. To me, the thing I would want to do is, like, I just want to be able to have clothes that always look good on me and fit me no matter what. Like, I want Mm. the perfect bathing suit. I think in terms of, like, like things I would change appearance-wise, the list is so long. I think my top top three is I would make Mm. my hair longer. I would want a more defined jawline. And I would also like to be just a little bit taller. That's really... I just want to experience what being taller is like. I've just been so small for so long that I'm just like, I can never reach it. Like, it's so annoying. Like, what is it? Like, you know, people are like, how's the weather down there? Like, I literally don't understand. Like, if you are up, also, I'm kind of scared of heights. Like, would I be scared of myself? Like, I'm up too too high. I'm not used to being up this high. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know how I would function. So I'm going to ask you one more thing about keys. Okay. If you had a key that could make it so that you could, there could be multiple versions of you so that you could get <sighs> everything on your to-do list done, but there was a risk that one of them might try to become the ultimate the oh, Tessa. Oh, no. Would you take that risk just to get rid of all your tasks? No, absolutely not. I would be defeated by Ultimate Tessa almost immediately. <laughs> my my clones would overtake me, become more powerful. My AI, like Tessa, would ghost Tessa. Any other version of me, like all these, like all this multiverse stuff. I was like, other versions of me are like so freaking cool. Like, no way, absolutely not. Like, I would be defeated immediately. 
so no, I would not take that, but that is really, really cool. And I know other people that could handle that better. Like Joe would take that. I think you could even handle it. I feel like you could defeat other versions of yourself. Yes. Um, yeah, <laughs> I know exactly. all my That's weaknesses. I mean. <laughs> right. I was like, you, I know people that could totally do that. Me? No, I would get tricked by another version of myself. I'm too gullible, too nice. No way. One more thing for me. Let's see. The black door. If you didn't know, like, what was behind it, and, like, would you open it? No. No. So you would never even go near it. So it's like it's just a random door in my house, but it just looks home. It's like, well, no, no, no. So you have, like, a key to it, and you Mm -hmm. know that it's a key to that, but you don't know what the key does. You know what I mean? It's like you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if it's going to be good. You don't know if there's going to be something bad. It's like, do you take that risk like to see if something's good or bad? Or, you Hmm. know, it's like ominous. Like you're like, this is magical. I hate that my first idea was like, I'm going to phone a friend. I'd be like, hey girl, you want to like see what's behind this door? Like I like outsource that. I'd be like, I'd be like, Find like find like an enemy of mine and be like, hey, remember how we weren't speaking? Well, like we're speaking now, right? Want to come over and like open this key to this key? Just like but just turn it. What if it gives the enemy something really good? What if they get like wishes from a genie or some sort of thing that like Damn. you could have gotten if you opened it? You know what I mean? You don't know if the magic is a good energy or a bad energy. Why, you just know it's magical. Why do all my white friends want me to take risks? Like, why can't I? Why can't y'all just accept that? Like, why can't you just? Fine. You know what? I will open it. I'll open the door just because of this conversation. The next time I'm in a magic house and there's a random door, I'm gonna open it, and whatever happens to me, that's on Tessa. <laughs> okay, it's my fault. It's my fault. I, I'll open the door for you. I'll open it and then I'll like bring you right next to me. So if something good happens, like we can both do it together. And if something bad happens, it's not like just your fault. It can you could blame it on me as well. And I can pull you out if it's like a serious thing, right? Like buddy yeah. system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buddy system. Well, we'll both do it together and we'll defeat the door. <laughs> and Absolutely. the keys. <laughs> exactly. Because that's what makes the Geek Podcast work. Because you know the drill. If you like us and you love us, follow us. And those of you who absolutely cannot get enough of us, leave us a five-star review. We will read them out loud on the show. Just do it. <laughs> do it. Oh, and, you know, if you have some keys, you can throw throw them our way as well. Any magical <laughs> keys, uh, just send them to us. We'll, we'll find them. Anyway, uh, The Geeks Podcast is hosted by me, Tessa Netting. And me, Princess Weeks. You can find me on the internet, on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, anywhere at Tessa Netting. And you can find me on YouTube as Princess Weeks and on Twitter as Weeks Princess. Next week, we are going into the vault and discuss and possibly debate some of our all-time Netflix faves. So... This might be a time where Tessa and I don't agree on something, much like our Ooh. taste in Sherlock Holmes, but uh, we shall see. <laughs> There's going to be a battle. Get ready. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Can't wait. This is a Netflix Geeked and Spoke Media production. Our executive producers are Keisha TK Dutez, Brigham Mosley, Aaliyah Tavakolian, and Keith Reynolds. 
Kelly Kolf is our producer. Reyes Mendoza is our associate producer. Delora Patton is our coordinating producer. Special thanks to Carson McCain. Sound design and engineering by Evan Arnett, who also composed and performed our amazing original theme. To stay updated on all things Geeked, be sure to follow at Netflix Geeked on Twitter, Instagram, and the TikToks. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. Bye-bye. Love you. Bye. Bye. Eat.